Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast. Stop the insanity. Eliminate the chaos. Bring simplicity, probability, and leverage as operating values into your business and personal life so you can do more, earn more, and improve your relationships. This is Business Growth Simplified. Here's your host, Business Finishing School founder, Rick Sapio. Welcome, BFS community. This is Rick Sapio, and I'm here to talk about a topic that I love. It's my children and your children and our children. What are we teaching our kids to be independent and entrepreneurial? This topic fits in the category of mindset but it really fits in all the categories because it's a principle and a tactic. It's a mindset. It will give financial returns to you and to your family. So listen up. I often say that one of the greatest gifts that my parents gave me in an often chaotic childhood is the gift of entrepreneurship and independence. And it seems like as I look out in the world today that we're just teaching our kids about dependence, about dependence on electronics and dependence on mom and dad to take them everywhere and dependence on something to keep them busy so they don't bother anybody and dependence on 24-7 Netflix and social media and phones and games and all that crap. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that this is helping children? Do you think that dependence is giving them fulfillment and joy and entrepreneurial spirit and passion for life and passion to pursue their dreams? I think in many regards, when you look at the billions of pills that are consumed in the United States, I think that we're actually teaching the opposite of what we intend. So I want to give you a quick hit podcast here on what I've learned the hard way having more than 40 nieces and nephews and being the last one in my family of all the kids to actually have kids of my own. I didn't start having kids at all. I just turned 45, actually, when our first child was born. Now at the age of 57 with a 12-year-old, it's really incredible to see this Petri dish, if you will. I don't know another way to explain it, but it's great to have the experience of life prior to having kids, then watching my nieces and nephews and my friends' kids, and then them saying, okay, good luck. You're so smart. When you're giving us feedback, what are you going to do differently? And so I may have mentioned this before, but I sat down with the headmaster of one of the most successful private schools that I knew. And I said, what do really successful kids that you've graduated in your life, what do really successful kids' parents do? And he said, you know, it's really not that complicated. 65-year-old guy, which he was at the time. I'm a grandfather now. I know people think this is old-fashioned, but we had dinner on the table every night. We didn't do team sports until they were really old. I suggest you don't do that until seventh or eighth grade. We gave them martial arts and wrestling as training, so like jujitsu and things like that. He didn't say jujitsu, but I'm saying that now. We made sure that they knew how to play a musical instrument, speak a foreign language. We did a lot of schooling at home to supplement it. And we didn't have any electronics at home. We had no TV set. We had no cell phones, none of that stuff. And I know a lot of parents today are horrified by what I just said, because they're used to the travel sports and the making the child the center of attention in the universe. And all we're doing is we're creating Copernicus's. Copernicus said that the universe revolves around the earth, I think. And that's what we're creating, which is another form of dependence. But if you really think about it, what are you trying to create with your children and grandchildren? 
in my opinion, I'd love to create what my parents created, someone who was completely and totally financially, emotionally, entrepreneurial, independent at 18. I remember going off to college at 18 and my mother said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to school. And she goes, well, good luck. Why are you doing that? You should get a job. And the reality is they created me to be able to make my own decisions. And now I see this, my neighbor the other day is really funny. I go, where are you going? They had the whole family packed up and they had the U-Haul. Well, we're, we're driving our daughter to college. I go, isn't this her fourth year? Like, can't she do this on her own? Nope. Mom and dad and the whole family have to drive the 12 hours. It's just a massive amount of dependence. And we wonder why we live in a world that is inept because we've got a generation of people that their mommy and daddy did everything for them. In fact, there's all kinds of reports that mommy and daddy are actually calling their school, talking to their college professors, asking their college professors if their daughter or son can be late on their homework. All of this stuff because we didn't do simple things in the first place. So if you're already ready to throw in the towel, you can do that. But I think that you're going to have more life fulfillment if you can pass on some of these really simple things. So here's what my wife and I landed on. And we got here the hard way. I'm not going to dwell on any of these. I'm just going to just list it out. We have decided as a family that God is first, mom and dad are second, family activities are third, children are fourth, and fun is fifth. We just tell our kids that. We want our relationship to be primary in our marriage because I've seen so many bad kids destroy marriages. So our kids know that. And you know what's interesting about that priority is that it gives them more confidence that they're in the right family. They're in a family where mom and dad go on date night every Monday night, and sometimes two or three nights a week. They're in a family that we're subjugate to a higher power, that they're not the center of the attention, they're not the universe, that we have to circle or orbit around, which a lot of families do. We've decided to teach our kids about money early. And when do we teach them? At the dinner table. We have dinner seven nights a week. And even on Monday nights, my wife and I will sit around the table with the kids. We have a nice round table and we'll leave at 7.30 to go out. And again, reinforcing that the marriage is primary, the marriage is first. We've decided to set up bank accounts for our kids with zero dollars in them when they're really young. Our oldest had his first bank account when he was three, and we separated into four separate accounts, and that's savings, investing, donating and spending. And we got these chore charts online. You can get anyone, but we filled out the chore chart on the duties that our kids had to do every day. And there's a place to check it off each day of the week, seven days a week. And there's about 30 little chores on there and they can check it off with mommy and daddy when they're young. And as they get older, they do it on their own. And we give them a dime for each chore. So there's about, you know, 30 per day. So that's 210 per week. So they can earn up to $21 a week. And my oldest son, he has over $3,000 saved up already because we take the money that we pay them with actual cash and they put it in a piggy bank in one of the four compartments. And each of our four kids has one piggy bank with four compartments. And then that money goes to the bank. And they could see online how their bank has done. Their bank account has grown over the years. And it's a lot of competition amongst the kids. But when they look at that money in the bank, it's their money that they earned. No gifts of money 
Nothing like that is their money. And now we just recently opened up for the oldest two, the 10-year-old and the 12-year-old, a account in which they can buy long-term stocks in. So we also play Monopoly and the game of life and cash flow and things like that to teach them about money and trading and doing math in their head and getting change. And oftentimes on the chore chart, I'll write, I'll be short cash. I'll write, daddy owes you $13 next week. And it's good for them to learn about money and where it comes from and how they make it and how they can earn it. Another thing we did was we bought a rental property nearby and they could walk past the house and they could see the renter and they understand when something broke, something broke last weekend. So they asked how much it cost and we show them. We've had that for about four years. So they've grown up in that world. So in my view, what's worked best for us, and you could do it any way you want, but having this church are visible on a big bulletin board in our home and each week they check it off. And it's work. Every Sunday, I have to remember to take the church right down, take each child, count the chores with them, pay them their money. And so one way that we do that is we do it on Sundays before or after our family meeting. And at the family meeting, which we have because we don't do anything on Sunday except go to church. We just keep things really simple. Life is massively chaotic. But imagine if you could just shut the electronics off, shut all the social engagements down, shut everything down, and just have one day of peace in your home. And we'll also play games. Sunday nights, we'll do a talent show after the meeting. I like to get up in the morning and do a checklist of a quick workout with the kids. So very ritualized things, again, to teach them independence. And one way to be independent is to work out, get your body moving get things going. So at the family dinner each night, we talk about entrepreneurial things a lot, business ideas, ways that they failed, things that they tried because they've got to build a failure muscle. If you have not yet learned how to fail in life, how are you going to be successful? Successful people fail all the time. Look at any president. They're getting beat up by billions of people. It's crazy. So the failure muscle is really, really important. We also teach our kids that if you commit to something for the long haul, like swimming or karate or playing a musical instrument or speaking another language, you cannot quit. So you got to be really careful what you commit to because we try to get our kids to do things that are lifelong in nature. You don't want to learn to play the piano for a week. You want to learn the piano so that you have that skill as an adult. So it's one of the rules in our family. If you're going to commit to something, it has to be long term. So how does that work into failure, which I just mentioned? Well, if you're learning how to swim, you're going to fail over and over and over again until you're a good swimmer. Same thing with speaking a language and the same thing with karate or anything else. The other thing we do is independent sports. I mentioned swimming. Those are things that build confidence. Team sports that involve the family driving you around the country or flying you around, that just doesn't fit in what we do. Another thing that we do as a family is we ask interesting questions at dinner. So I saw this like 20 years ago, so I brought it into the family, which is the Indian talking stick, which is a stick you can buy on Amazon. And we just hand it around the table and I'll ask a question or my wife will ask a question and now the kids are asking questions and everybody has to answer the same question. What'd you fail at today? What do you want to be when you grow up? What's a business idea that you have? How can you be better with your money? Just interesting questions. And we do that every single night. If anybody who's listening has ever been to our table at dinner, it's pretty interesting. Another thing we do is every January, and I've kept these for the last 10 years, is mom and dad and my in-laws and the kids 
come up with their New Year's goals. What are the 10 things I want to get done this year? And at the family meeting, we just update each other. How are you doing on your goals? Did you hit your black belt in karate? Did you beat your time in swimming? Did you start that business that you mentioned? Did you save the amount of money that you said? So these are really, really simple things. The other thing we've instilled in our family is that if you're a member of our family, you're not going to get an inheritance of any kind. In fact, when you're 18, you're on your own. So we're teaching them very early to be a team with each other, to come up with business ideas that they can share, to learn from each other, because they know at 18, they're going to be independent and on their own. And you might be rolling your eyes going, how is that possible? Well, I know it's impossible if you don't have any of these conversations, but I know so many families that have done this just like we're doing. And their son at 14 sets up a business and makes hundreds of thousands of dollars. That story has played out many times. But again, I know if we don't do any of this, it's definitely assured that it won't happen. So independence is a state of mind that causes people to be resourceful. And that's the beautiful part about what I'm talking about. Now, my goal with this podcast is not to tell you, you must do this or that. My goal is to get you and your spouse and your kids thinking about, wouldn't it be really cool if we were independent at 18? Wouldn't it be really cool that instead of spending our time on social media and Netflix, we're actually creating something in the world. We're generating. We're not consuming. We're looking at the world from the perspective of here's what I can get done in the world as opposed to here's what I can take from the world. And I think that we've created, unfortunately, a world in which we wake up in the morning and we've got our cell phone and we've got things to respond to. And it's all about like this massive reactionary life as opposed to a proactive life where we're making things happen. I hope that you're not listening to this and you're rolling your eyes, but you're saying, you know what? He made some really good points. And I do remember as a child, my parents focused on the goal of making me independent, not making me dependent. So I hope that you take this message for what it's meant to be, which is a way for you to inspire your children to do more, be more, have more. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's better for you as a parent because now as your kids get older, when they turn 18, they're more of a peer as opposed to what I've seen so many parents. They're taking their 18, 19, 20-year-olds to rehab because of dependency issues and drug issues, all kinds of things. And that just breaks my heart because we have an opportunity to take that soul, whether it's our kids or grandkids, and we can instill in them some really basic, simple principles. There's a book, which I have not read, but I heard about it. It's called Parenting Like Grandma. And it talks about some simple things from the old days. But why should things that work in the old days not work now? So I hope you got some tremendous value out of this podcast. And keep asking yourself and your spouse this question. Are we raising independent entrepreneurial kids? Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School Podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.